welcome to Unbroken. I'm Alexandra Amore. I'm an author, a coach, and a lifelong explorer of what it means to be human. This is the podcast where my guests and I explore the inside-out nature of life and the positive effect this can have on every aspect of our lives, including letting go of unwanted habits. You'll find episode show notes, transcriptions, your complimentary video series, and lots more at unbrokenpodcast.com. And now, here's the show. Stephanie Wood, welcome to Unbroken. Hi, (laughs) glad to be here. Oh, I'm so thrilled to have you with me here today. So why don't you start off, tell us a little bit about your background, how you got interested in their three principles, that kind of stuff. Sure. So I've been an EFT tapping trainer and practitioner for over 20 years. And EFT is a a mind-body technique that uses tapping on meridian points. And um, I got into that because I had suffered from depression for my whole life till I was 35. And I have been 21 years depression-free. So (laughs) I know these kind of types of techniques can work. So uh, where I encountered the three principles was through somebody with with the tapping it was another tapping practitioner and she was telling me about ann ross who was one of the eft founding masters Mm. of the eft world i don't know if anybody knows that which is kind of funny and she said oh she she had trained with her and she said oh she's moved on to this thing called the three principles (laughs) and so of course i love learning about all this stuff and i just wanted to know more so of course i went down the rabbit hole and and um really Ended up training with uh, Annika Hurwitt and Keith Blevins and Valda and then Amanda Jones. And so I just really went down the rabbit hole and it completely jived with everything I ever saw about life. And I'm like, this is for me. <laughs> so, so now I share it. I, I incorporate it with the tapping. I had a, I had a lot of, um, uh, I had a lot of thinking about how wrong it was to bring in a technique, but over the years, I just kind of realized I love the tapping. Like it's fun for me. It feels nice to me. And it was a nice way to gently bring it to a broader audience. So it's kind of, yes. Yeah. Would you be willing to share a little bit more about your depression and how you came to clear that up? What you saw about it? Yes. So yeah, it was a lifelong, I mean, I was hospitalized twice. I was a cutter. I was, I tried to commit suicide. Uh, I was a very unhappy camper for, Mm. from childhood on and I was relentlessly seeking help. So from, from my twenties on every modality you could think of, I had regular Western therapy, Eastern therapy, acupuncture. I became a shiatsu practitioner. Like I just tried everything I could. And I knew in my bones that something was going to shift. That's why I think I just couldn't stop. I was like, this isn't right. This isn't who I am. And so really it was in my mid thirties, I was 34 and I kept pursuing different, you know, practitioners. And it was a combination of two different types of energy medicine type techniques. Uh, it wasn't EFT. It was before I had even heard about EFT. And I happened to be doing them at the same time. And I was doing them, doing them, nothing was happening. And then I stopped and it just didn't get better. And six months later, I think it took time for all of the processing to happen. I woke up in July of that year and I realized it had been a couple of weeks since I had had hateful self-hatred thoughts. And 
I just, I could feel that something shifted and I, in, I was like, I don't hate myself anymore. Mm-hmm. And when I thought about it, the thought sounded ridiculous. Like it sounded, I was like, why would I hate myself? And I could see all of my dark and all of my light. And I was less judgy about it. And mm-hmm. I just had the sense, I'm like, this is, I, I just, I can't really explain it. I just knew it was gone because I started mm-hmm. looking for it. Cause I'm waiting for all the, you know, all of the thoughts in their city of friends. Cause I had a whole city of depression thoughts that would come along with the, I hate myself. <laughs> yeah. And they were, the train of thoughts were not there. Now, when I encountered the three principles, I, 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 with, through that lens, I looked back at everything because I was like, was it a technique that fixed me? You know? Um, and, and I, what I've come to see about my understanding of the three principles is everything is insight. Mm-hmm. When it appears to be related to a technique, I don't know if I care anymore. Mm-hmm. everything's insight <laughs> like period yes. it could correspond with climbing mount everest it could correspond with you know you're at the you're in the tub slitting your wrists and you have an insight i don't know when it's going to happen so it's kind of like trusting where i'm being led and then insights come and that insight was so profound that it ripped apart the belief that i had that i hated myself Mm-hmm. So, I don't know if that makes sense, but, and it was from now on, then it was like, I started my life at 35 it's, and I'm 56 now. So I, I just haven't, I just haven't ever been depressed. <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm happy all the time, but I'm not in that. I mean, I used to fall in the hole. Like it yeah. was the hole of depression. I know depression. It was <laughs> ugly. Yes. Yeah. Wow. That's fascinating. Thank you for sharing that. I really appreciate it. And as you were speaking, that was the conclusion that I was coming to as well, that everything is insight and we just, we don't have control over it. And, 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 and it's so profound and life change. It can be so life-changing. Yeah. That's amazing. I love it. Yeah. And that's why I do what I do now. Because yes. I know it's possible, you know, when I see people with depression or anxiety, it, it just, I know there can, I know it's possible. I'm not saying that this, this and X, Y, Z will fix that or X, Y, Z will remove the belief, but I just know that it's possible. And mm-hmm. so that, that hope of, and the knowing that it's all thought and behind all of that, that we're deeply okay. Mm-hmm. Like we're whole and complete behind everything. It, it's like, I can't not see that when I work with people or when I see anybody even awful people. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Don't want to see it sometimes. There. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. And it's such a common story uh, of, I think three principles, practitioners, and even just people who are interested in the understanding that we've been everywhere, tried everything. And, and I loved what you said about you just knew in your bones that that depressed person was not who you were. And I had the same experience with overeating. I just knew that there was an answer somewhere and that I guess in a way that I wasn't broken, that, you know, that there was a way to be healthy around food and that kind of thing. So yeah, very similar experience, just in a different arena for sure. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> so the reason I wanted to speak to you today was that you recently started a reset your nervous system series of videos, which I signed up for. And so I want to tell us first about what motivated that. So I, I was starting to notice that 
well, during the pandemic, you know, we were in so much happened in the, during the pandemic and so much thinking developed and so many. Um, so I knew that I wasn't alone when I, <laughs> I went out and noticed everyone had gained a little weight. Everyone was complaining about drinking too much. People were, we, <laughs> we knew all these things were happening. People were overspending, like all the things were happening. And then as we started to come back to life as you know, normal life, I was hearing from so many friends and online that people weren't able to shake it just, and it's been a while now. So I'm like, and I realized for me, I also wasn't able to shake it. I'm like, I'm still reading. I'm still over drinking. I'm like, I'm not liking this behavior. And normally it's like in the past, it just never was an issue that some of those things weren't issues. So issues. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I didn't have a lot of thinking about it. That felt like I, it, it didn't feel compulsive. Yeah, I didn't feel like a compulsion to do those things. And so I stood, I was talking about it with my partner, just, I mean, this literally was just a few weeks ago and I, and we both realized, wow, like <clears throat> if, if, if the science is correct about trauma and that our, if, if our amygdala kind of gets into these patterns of fight or flight and kind of gets in lockdown, which quite frankly, when I, when we talked about it, I looked back at the beginning of the pandemic, it was scary, you know? even though I got a lot of benefits from the, from it, I'm an introvert. I love being at home and working from home and everything, but nobody knew what was going to happen. And I think that was for a prolonged period of time. And then the vaccine came and then it was like, is this going to work? And I couldn't see my family for, because they live across an international border for for years. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think I had so much emotion that I noticed I started to have those coping behaviors well, the days were all the same. So five, five o'clock, I think I want a cocktail. You know, it, it was just this kind of pattern started to happen. So fast forward to now, and I'm trying to shift those patterns. They're not shifting. And I, I, with that conversation I had with my partner, I'm like, I, I have mad techniques to get to work with this. <laughs> I'm like, why am I not trying it? Like, I, I don't know. I, I know it's thinking. I, I understand that. And we have a body and I also have grappled with the three principles and body, how that interacts. Uh, that's been a, a deep thought, deep exploration that I've done with myself. I've come to the conclusion that I don't know. And if I have a sore muscle, I'm going to stretch it or go to the massage therapist. I can ponder about it all day about how, where the thought's coming from. But at the end of the day, I need to go stretch that muscle. Uh, you, know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So and I know three principles is not pers- prescriptive, it's descriptive. And I, I kind of fall back to that understanding of it. So I just thought I'm going to put together these, I have so many fun techniques. Let me just put it together. And I know they are helpful for calming that, that mm. for sure body calming. Yeah. And acupressure uh, terms are energy. I can see energy sometimes. And so I've witnessed it. I've experienced it. Let's put them together and so I just, I was so inspired and I just thought, I'm just going to create an outline and I'm going to put this together for myself and I'm going to do it. And then I thought, I am not alone. I'm going to share this. Why don't I just create 10 videos and walk everybody through it? So I just basically did a very loose outline and I did it all ad hoc. I mean, it was just, I just turned on the, turned on the camera and I just led through these exercises. Um, and that's what that's where it came from. And I thought I need to share this. And so far, the reception has been amazing. And now it's been long enough that people have finished it. Mm-hmm. And I'm already getting responses that every 
so far, every single person who has gotten back to me about it has said, I feel calmer. I don't know. I'm not so afraid to go back to the office. Huh? I'm sleeping better. I'm not waking up in a panic. And I'm not saying it's a, it's an, you know, fix everything, but there's something to be said for when we're in a chronic state of fight or flight, whether it's been because of a single trauma or a long-term collective trauma, like the pandemic. Um, sometimes we need to remind our system, oh, you're safe now. Mm. It's over. You can relax now. All thought. And there's that body connect. So this is that way of kind of acknowledging the body and the thoughts we have about the body. So long story short, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or long story long, that. <laughs> well, that was great. No, we want to hear about this. And yeah, I wanted to know more about the genesis of the idea. And there is, I find there is this, it might be innocent approach in the three principles that we're, we tend to approach everything from the neck up. And what I've started to explore recently is that we're a, we're a body and a soul, you know, and the thinking that's going on within us. And a friend of mine pointed out recently that, you know, Sid, Sid Banks so often said, and so famously said, follow the feeling, you know, that was one of his things that he went back to again and again. Well, where do we feel things? We feel them in our bodies, right? So I think I just personally think we're missing something when we don't fold in our bodies when we're exploring this stuff. I think it's really, really important. So I love, I love that you're doing this. Yeah. And so what, what does the experiment entail? So you've talked about exercises, but what does that look like specifically? So they are a combination of things I've learned over the years. Um, Mostly, mostly Eden, Eden method. Have you ever heard of Donna Eden? Okay, so Donna Eden is this wonderful, <laughs> magical creature who <laughs> sees energy clearly, and she always has, and she's she's getting older. <clears throat> I trained with her years and years ago, uh, and she she works with bodies, energies like the chakras, like the meridians. She see she just sees the systems. Uh, so I use some of those things from something called Brain Gym that again help help the body rebalance the energies. And when I say the energies, I know it sounds so vague, but we are all energy, you know, if, if the consciousness is energy. So let's, let's call it that. Um, and some pulls from my tapping experience, although I didn't bring in much tapping other than the first day, because tapping can be quite stimulating to the system. And the whole idea of this is to calm the system. So what, what I did was just bring in tap and breathe, which is derived from tapping. So instead of tapping on a point, you hold, you, you focus in and you take a breath. So this was a way, a calmer way to do this. I also brought in something called havening, which is a delightful technique that is so calming. And there's science behind the EFT and the havening. Uh, not, it's a little harder to do science with the Eden, the Eden work, but um, so it's mostly those techniques and some stuff that I've just created over the years. Um, I get insights to pull things together and I, I go, I go with the feeling. <laughs> so really it's 10 days of it's every video is about 12. I tried to keep them short. So they're 11 to 15 minutes a day for 10 days. You can skip days or whatever, but it's just a 10 day uh, process. And because I didn't know how long it was going to take first, I was, I thought, Oh, I'll do this for 21 or 30 days. And it's too much for a lot of people. I thought I'll start with 10. And then if people want to do it a second time or third time, just repeat it. 
And so far, some people are like, I'm good with the 10 days. And other people are like, I think I'm going to do it another time. So it's really an experiment. <laughs> I, I can't tell you if it's going to work for you or not. But certainly, so far, the results have been I'm happy to report that I'm hearing good things. Oh, that's great. And um, I, in the, I think it was in the Facebook group, you mentioned one day that you had done one of the exercises in the morning, and then you were planning to do it in the afternoon or the evening again as well. Yeah. And I also think this really strikes a, um, there's no harm kind of note as well. Like what's the worst that could happen? You feel a little calmer. Great. Like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yes. Oh, I got up out of my seat and I did the cross crawl. This is this cross crawl thing? Oh, wow. I moved a little. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. cross crawls. I remember that. From, I went to a biokinesiologist years ago in Vancouver and she would get us to do those occasionally. Yeah. And every day yeah. I have, I, that's one of the exercises to do every day is the cross crawl correction. Because mm-hmm. when we've been either uh, under a, a lot of stress or trauma or our system's been shocked, uh, if we've had an illness, Donna Eden, who sees the energy and, and other practitioners, Prune Harris is another uh, energy practitioner who sees energy. They see that our energies kind of go into homolateral mode for survival, mm-hmm. meaning they, they it's kind of like you're one side of the body versus the other versus being crossed over. And so um, I have so many of my clients and friends that I know, too, who are practitioners, if they're if they've been having anxious thoughts or feelings doing the correction to try and retrain your patterns back to crossing over is kind of game changing. It's mm-hmm. such a simple exercise and it feels really good. And all of a sudden you have access to your brain again. Uh, and when I do it, I'm, I didn't realize I needed to do that. <laughs> and so that's been a game changer for me through this process. I think even that alone was something uh, doing that over quite a few days. It's I'm like, Oh, just it's like, everything's just feels normal again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I'm going to say something really uninformed here, but I think what my biokinesiologist said when she recommended cross-crawling is that, of course, our brains are, I don't, I'm not going to use the right word, but cross-wired. So the our left eye is controlled by the right side of our brain, for example, and vice versa. So that somehow ties into what you're saying, right? We don't want our energy to be two parallel lines running. We want them to be crossing over like an x yeah okay think of an infinity sign that's how right. i like to be like that so mm. according according to eden medicine and um my personal experience <laughs> <laughs> right. yes we'll try it for, i'm just like try it for yourself you know it's it's it feels good if it feels good i kind of go hmm. yes yeah yeah exactly and so we've touched on this a little bit, but what have you noticed personally as you've been doing the experiment yourself? Well, it was kind of funny because when I made it, I knew that um, I was making it from the mindset of help doing it for others. And I knew that I would walk through it myself, but I also noticed at the end of doing tape, you know, videotaping all the, all the, the whole process, I I thought to myself, I kind of think that worked (laughs) because I just started to notice. And and now I've, I've run through it as well. And what I'm noticing is it's not that the behaviors that I've wanted to shift just dropped away like that, but I'm starting for myself. I'm just starting to notice, well, first of all, I I feel a lot calmer just throughout the day that uh, surprised me a bit. I didn't realize that I wasn't as calm as I thought I was. Mm. And 
there's like space between the choice of the behavior and the behavior. Mm. So like, oh, whereas before it felt like there's no space, it's I'm going, I'm going to hop on the luge and I'm going versus, oh, do I feel like popping on the luge today or not? And which is gold, you know, we, we all know and thought when you have that space of, okay, it doesn't feel as scary. It doesn't feel as compulsive. Um, so that's, that's just what I've noticed. I'm going to run through it again, because I think for me, I, I had a little hit that I do, I wanted to do it three times. So mm. yeah. And yes. And just that, that feeling of freedom to choose versus being like, I'm a victim to th- victim of thought. I like that, <laughs> that it's just going to drive me somewhere. So it's like, you get back in the driver's seat of the bus, which are we really in the driver's seat? But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> feels a little more like that. It feels like I'm following my consciousness correctly or con- I don't even know how to explain that, but this feels like there's more space for choice and to breathe. Yeah. 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 Yes, exactly. That's been my experience with other things as well, that creating that space between um, thought and behavior, just that tiny little gap um, gives us a moment to breathe. And then it sounds, it, it made me think too of mindfulness, right? It's, it's created the ability for you to be mindful of what's actually happening rather than we, I know I can speak for myself personally. So often I can just be following my thoughts, you know, mindlessly and as though they're the boss and they know everything. And, uh, and so just taking a step back and, um, yeah, noticing what they're doing is so helpful. Yeah. Without leading with the thought. It's like, yes, oh, you know, oh, I'm yeah, slave to my brain or by the thoughts. Like, nah, they, maybe they need to not be in charge here. <laughs> <laughs> yes. There's something in me that knows better. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. It was interesting that you said that EFT is stimulating. I hadn't heard that before. I mean, I don't know a ton about EFT, but so I guess there are times then when it's really helpful and then in a case like this, where the objective is more calming, um, that you back can back off that a little bit. It can be um, in, in the moment. You, so with, with tapping, we're usually addressing where the person is at that moment. So when they're not calm, you can tap to address the not calm. until mm. so you kind of hit that threshold where the calm starts to settle in. And then I may choose to do tap and breathe, or I may choose to do, you know, or just stop and let the rest of that flow out. Uh, when I'm, one thing I always recommend for people who are trying to sleep, if you wake up in the middle of the night or trying to sleep, don't tap. That's a, that's a classic, sounds weird, but you can imagine tapping. Ah. <laughs> when you're in bed, you just, I can't sleep, I can't sleep. And you're imagining tapping through your points. And it sounds weird that you say that to yourself, but you wake up in the morning and you're going, what happened? Wow. <laughs> I use that a lot actually for myself if I wake up. Okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Tapping can be too stimulating if you've been into uh, sleep mode. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Um, and given that the principles tend to focus on our mind and our thinking, do you see a connection between a stressed nervous system and a busy mind? Totally. Yeah. <laughs> and and even from the perspective of when we're in, when our amygdala is all lit up and we're in fight, flight, or freeze, we're don't, we don't have access to clarity of mind because we're ready to go. We're ready to do something. We're scared. We're in, in 
uh, survival mode. I think when we get into that survival mode, our bodies react a certain way. Our brain kind of goes offline to get out of the way of what we need to do to survive. And sometimes that can look like overeating or shopping. It can be, this is what I need to do to cope because this is too hard. La 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 la. I need to zone out too scary, shut down. Um, and so when our, when we can get that amygdala to relax, okay, we're not, we're safe. The whole nervous system can just get operating in a more um, appropriate manner. And then our thoughts can come back online in, mm. and the space between the thoughts to have that clarity of choice. It just allows that they just don't go together. Clarity and, and clear, clear thinking and full on survival mode. Like just, they just don't go well together. So that's sort of my take on that. <laughs> that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, it occurs to me, we often talk about, I mean, insight can happen at any time. And I, I think it is a little, my experience is a little easier to access when I'm a little calmer, when there, when there's more space within me and it's, I'm not in full on crisis mode. And, and so this strikes me as a way to what the experiment you've created strikes me as a way to, to get to that quiet place uh, where insight is available, you know, about what to do next or whatever. Yeah. To get more availability for choices. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, is there anything about the experiment that, that we haven't touched on that you'd like to share or anything else? Yeah. Um, I'm just get that. There's something I was going to talk about. Um, just, uh, well, one thing, and this is a little sidetrack mm-hmm. is the, the, when you're talking about, and I'm going to go to another realm just to put a little pin in that for some other conversation, but have you heard of human design? I, the name sounds familiar, but I don't know why. Okay. So I actually <laughs> got introduced to it by two, three principles people. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, which is kind of funny. Uh, Marsha Madigan and, uh, and Christian McNeil. So they were kind of exploring three principles and something called human design, which is basically, a, it's hard to explain what it is, but it's, it's looks at your chakra system and your meridians and your time of birth. It's this combo of astrology and I Ching. It's a download that this fellow had in the eighties and um, understand it. I've, I've since become a, uh, certified in that just because I was fat. I, I'm fascinated. I think you are too. Mm-hmm. You know, we love these, like how can I <laughs> help myself and other people to have more clarity and insight and awareness. Yeah. And what was funny was when I learned about my chart, my body graph, the only places that I'm defined with who I am is my head and my throat. That's it. So I didn't actually have anything going on other than conditioning. So it's all about every place else was conditioned deeply. Mm. So, so the reason I bring this up here is because it's about understanding what's correct for you and understanding, you know, I listened to your Q and a about where we can access wisdom. Mm. I love that. Mm. And, and, but what was interesting, what occurred to me and why I'm mentioning this now is because for different people, it comes in different ways. And so to understand what is correct for you in the next moment to moment, which may be, I only need to do this for three days, or this doesn't resonate with me, or 
whatever the next thing is, and and Dr. Bill Pettit, is that his name? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember listening to a talk from him where, and his, oh, I love this so much. He talked about how his he was impacted by the principles in that he felt like, oh, I don't need to be thinking about that, that, that. I just wait for the next index card for the next action to appear in front of me. Mm. I was like, mic drop. Like it just, that, I, <laughs> I was like, what? That's how it works. And, and, and it's never like, I kind of, I've, I've embraced that. And so with the human design understanding, I, it's about following your correct thing for you, which may be that it's an inside, you check in with yourself deep inside your body for me, because I, in, in my chart, I don't have anything inside. I have to speak to see what I believe and understand and decide is correct for me. Mm -hmm. So it's different for everybody. And I just wanted to just note that. And even with this exercise and what is correct for people in that next moment, everyone's method may be a little different. Mm. And our conditioning will tell us something else. Our conditioning will be like, oh, no, you have to do it this way. Oh, I learned that you just have to go do this and go meditate. Well, my mind is always is my mind will never be that quiet mind because Mm. it's, it's defined. So when I learned that Marsha Madigan was the same way. She's like, oh, my mind is defined. I will never have a quiet mind. Whereas other people who meditate, they like, oh, I just had no thoughts and I'm never going to get there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then when I realized, no, that's okay. That's how I'm built. That was a game changer for me. I have to say game changer 50,000 times, but it really was. It was, it was, um, I was like, oh, that's not who I am and that's okay. And again, it goes back to that wholeness and okayness of who are we personally in this avatar in the game? You know, mm-hmm. that this is the Stephanie bundle, <laughs> you know, <laughs> right. Anyway, so I, I digress, but I don't know if that answered the question, but that was just the extra little piece I wanted to add on about learning what is understanding what is correct for you without all the conditioning so that you can trust the next index card that comes in front of you about what's your appropriate for you next. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Totally makes sense. And I love that you're pointing toward, you know, everybody has their own way of navigating their life and that it's, there's not one right way for everybody. That's so important to point out. And there was something you said there about, uh, oh shoot. Now it's gone out of my head. Oh, I know what it's. So when you talked about, um, did you say that, that when you have, that the way that you know what to do next is because you verbalize it? Is that kind of what you're, okay. So how do you do that? So is that through talking to your partner or do you talk out loud to yourself? What does that look like? Yes. All of the above. All of the above. Okay. <laughs> but it helps me to understand because before I encountered human design, I, I, I realized one day that even though I thought I thought something about a situation, there was a decision I needed to make. Mm-hmm. I noticed that as I was talking to people, something else was coming out of my mouth completely. Mm-hmm. It was shocking to me, but I realized, oh, that is what I really, that is what is correct for me. Mm-hmm. And it was, and this is even before I encountered uh, human design, I thought, Oh, I need to watch what I say. That's my truth. Mm. Truth. What pops out of my head is what's that is, you know, not all of it's truth, but that's where I will discern the truth for me. Yes. 
And that's, that's what, you know, the, this type that I am is, you know, a smaller part of the population. Most people can go inside and ask yes, no questions to their inner being. That's mm-hmm. the bulk of, but most people can do that. Some people need to sleep on it. Mm-hmm. Some people need to listen to their little tiny voice moment to moment. So it's different for everyone. There's quite a few different ways of accessing your knowing uh, that when you start to play with that gets really fun because you start to hear it more. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, yeah, when you know where to, when we know where to access wisdom for ourselves, then that becomes such a powerful tool to have in our toolbox, you know, if we're just kind of stumbling around, not, not knowing where to look for that. Yeah. My, for me, it's usually journaling and journaling kind of gets the, gets the ideas out, sort of lubricates things. And then if I leave something alone, like if I'm trying to make a decision, then it becomes very much a body centric answer. That's how it happens for me. Yeah. So yeah, I love that you're pointing out that it's different for for people. Yeah. So when you journal, do you, yes. do you notice if that does that feel like it's your head thoughts coming out? Or does that feel like it's just everything coming out? Or does that feel more like your wisdom coming out? I'm just curious, like, yeah, it's, it's a bit of both. I can feel very often that, it, you know, my mind is really busy and I'm writing down all that busy thoughts. It's kind of like going through layers. And once that's out of me onto the page, then I get a little quieter. And I notice then I start to, I spend more time staring off into the distance rather than actually writing. But then what I'm writing becomes a li- just clearer. It's more, definitely more centered and and I don't necessarily, sometimes I have insights right on the page, but I think that more often than I'll set it aside, go on with my day. And then at some point then, or days later, something will occur to me. That's, you know, that's the truth for me. Yeah. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Good to have that awareness of ourselves. It really is. For it sure. Is. Yeah. 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 So we've talked about the um, reset your nervous system uh, experiment. So where can people learn more about that and sign up for it? And it's free. We should point yeah, out it's totally free, totally yeah. free. And it's an experiment and I want to hear how people are doing with it. Yeah. Uh, you could just go to my website. I, uh, it's uh, inner peace and flow.com. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and there's just a link right under the, the main picture. Um, okay. Well, the shortest way to, to say how to get there. I can give you the direct link if you want to put it on the website, um, but it, to the to the actual sign up for it. But yeah, it's there. Great. Okay. So I will put links in the show notes so cool. people can find it. So it's innerpeaceandflow.com is your website. And if people go there, they can find out also about your your work with clients and that kind of thing. So what? tell us a little bit more about what you offer for people. So I, I do, I do tapping. I do something I've done tapping for all these years. I also teach, uh, teach people how to tap. Mm-hmm. Um, but over the years, after I encountered the three principles, I realized my whole practice changed because I kind of stopped dealing with the past. Regular mm-hmm. EFT practitioners go diving into the past and you go memory, memory, memory. And I just was, I, it occurred to me, well, that's not needed. So as Basically, now my practice is more about kind of using, bring, it's like a, sorry, it's like a three principles session, mm-hmm. but with tapping. 
sort of. Mm. And so because it's so different from the other, I had to rename it. So I, I came up with the name Ultra EFT, which stands for Understanding Life Through Realization and Awareness EFT, because it's different than regular EFT. <laughs> right. Nice. And, and, and then we started to get results faster, less tears, mm. less having to go deep dive into all the painful memories. You know, it's just been, it just made my practice so much easier and people just have access to their own wisdom more easily. So mm-hmm. anyway, that's, mm-hmm. yeah. So I work with people one-on-one. I'm going to be doing some stuff with human design. I'm going to, I, I, I'm going to be, I work a lot with money actually with people's money issues. I used to deal mostly with depression, anxiety, trauma in my early years. And I just feel right. I'm, I've shifted to working with people with business and, um, and money's been an ongoing fun thing that I always am passionate about, but um, my partner is an economics instructor and was a oh. broker, stockbroker and all we do is dissect the economy every morning but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i learned more <laughs> and people need help with money issues because just like anything else food issues money issues it's not the it doesn't matter what the topic is mm-hmm. it's about addressing all the thinking we have blocking us from correct action for ourselves that's mm-hmm. doesn't matter what the thing is it, it really doesn't um anyway yeah. that's that's yeah, that's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay, very cool. Well, thank you, Stephanie. This has been lovely. It's been great connecting with you again. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks for being on the show. Likewise. Thanks for having me. <laughs> Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. I hope you found the show helpful and uplifting. You'll find all the backlist episodes and show notes at unbrokenpodcast.com. If you'd like to connect, go to alexandraamore.com forward slash connect. I'll see you next time.